We didn't have just one big tribe, we had bands of Indians. We had five different dialects just in the Bishop area. And as I was talking to one archaeologist, he told me, having so many dialects proves how long you've been here. 1,400 years ago, we had a 200-year drought. We got the bristlecone pines that tell us that. That's why I always thought why the tribes learned how to make the ditches, because they had to spread the water. You had to bloom the whole area or make it grow, because then you have more, you know, more fish, more animals, rabbits, birds, everything just grows. We had like seven different seed plants that we tried to germinate and grow all over. Then we collected them. Having seed plants, you got more birds, you got everything. And you'd be amazed, before, let's say 150 years ago, Owens Lake, it had millions of birds on it, all migratory. They don't do that anymore. There'd be so many birds down there, because they'd eat the brine flies up there too, that uh, you'd, you'd have clouds take off and cover up the sun. My name is Harry Williams. I'm the chairman of our Tribal Environmental Protection Agency, and welcome to Paihunaru. I was always amazed because when I first started walking them and studying them and talking to other archaeologists, they asked me some good questions. And the main question they asked me was, uh, how do you identify them? And then I had to figure out, how do I identify them? At times, I would be places where my nephew was, he, I got him into helping me. And, there'd be like a valley. I went in a big swing inside of this valley. And then one day he was standing about a quarter mile from me. I said, he's level with me. And I went, damn, how did they really do that? Just with this eight foot Povado pole. It was mountain mahogany and about four inches wide, eight feet long. But it was used like a crowbar. And I said, how did they get so damn level? They would use any little gully. They would go all the way to the end and, and bring it all the way back. It, it didn't matter if it was small. Most white settlers would have just made a dam and went across it, but they didn't. And that's how I started identifying a lot of them. Alex Von Smith came to this area doing townships. He's one of the first white guys we'd ever seen. We heard about the white people, but he was the first one that came through with the three to four employees. And they walked, they started from Aberdeen there's a ditch right above there. But then he started realizing every one of those ditches were man-made. But the interesting part about that, too, is where all these ancient ditches were. The first settlers came in here, and they built ranch houses by them. Captain Davidson in 1859 talks about the marvels and how the tribal people made the valley bloom like a rose. And that's why Samuel Bishop came up here, because we had been irrigating 10,000 acre feet on the north side of Bishop Creek, 10,000 acre feet, we just spread water off every creek from uh, Lone Pine all the way to Round Valley. Every creek had several ditch systems coming off of it, so that's what we used. And so when the first Samuel Bishop came, he goes, perfect place for cattle. The ditches are probably about a thousand years old, maybe older. A thousand years ago, the production of obsidian really just dropped off. 
they had to find new food sources or why would they stop making obsidian arrowheads and uh, spear points and knives and stuff that's when I realized it's probably because of the ancient ditches they changed food sources I'm also a cultural monitor for the tribe and an archaeological technician I worked for a far western archaeological group for on China Lake for two summers so and then walking these ditches for probably about got less since the 90s mid 90s when I first heard about them and I was showing the first one I I just started walking them then I kept running into more and more and more and, and then in 2010 I was the uh, repatriation guy for the tribe I worked on our NAGPRA and then I went to Berkeley to smudge off and visit a bunch of the human remains over there they have about 18,000 human remains from around the world and about eight or nine thousand of them are tribal and, and some of them were from, from this valley so I went over and smudged them off and stuff and then uh, and then the head gates they were interesting too because they were just basically rock and then every uh, year the Tavesi would go out and uh, open them or close them and then we, we only had basically three or four types of uh, fish here and they were like the puff fish the chewy chub and a speckled dace and this other little fish we didn't have trout or anything like that but, but they were they bred and I heard other stories about there were so many pupfish that you could almost walk across the river because they just loved the area and then when they introduced trout the little pupfish they're cocky little guys they tried to fight around with them but they get eaten so it was it's just an interesting story when you talk about that because I walked so many of them and to realize how flat they are one degree drop is very little but then there was this one that was across from the mill ponds uh, north of 395 there. And it goes about six miles. And then all the way to the end, I walked, I, I found the end first. But there was no evidence of water ever making it to the end. So what they made it so flat, the water soaked in the ground. And then there was a quarter mile of it that they pushed dirt up about three feet, maybe four feet. So the water would go across the flat place. And that's when Captain Davidson in his report says they are, were comparable to their days of modern engineering. And that's the really interesting part of it. Because we didn't have a transit or levels or stuff like that. I mean, this guy had a good eye. But he was an elected person, so we had a democracy. So when the first settlers in the U.S. came in here, they destroyed our democracy and they kind of said we're primitive. Our reservation is so small because of LADWP that we only have 876 acres. When they first made it, or well, they wanted to put us by the airport in complete desert, but then my grandfather, Billy Williams, was the chief negotiator, and he just told them, no, we need grasslands, and so they put us up here. We still have the rights for four-acre feet. That's contractual white water rights, but we're getting so many houses, nobody's irrigating, so we're not using the water. That's kind of a loss, but some people do. We have a couple creeks going through here, and... Some people still have a little bit of cattle. We don't have very many cattle either. On our TIPA meeting, I asked them one day, how many cattle do we literally have on the res? And they are saying like 20, 20 something, maybe a little more. Not like we used to. And they used to uh, bale alfalfa, have gardens, all kind of stuff up here. But then we just ran out of space. We have modern day irrigation uh, pipes. So the ancient ones, we would just straight take it off the creeks. But that's one of our goals is the DWP always says, well, why don't you guys just pump irrigation water? We don't want to do that. We want it from uh, flowing off the creeks. And so they haven't forced us yet, but they're, they're, 
They just want us to use all the water underground. And they have a monopoly in there. It's supposed to be illegal to have monopolies, but they basically do. They don't care. They're attacking Mono County right now because uh, one of their leasees, this cowboy guy, who's had that lease for over 100 years and their family, they took all the water away from him last three years. They won't give him any irrigation water, saying it's our water. Well, since two, about 2011, they've been using this term. It's our water, and we're never going to give any of it up. And when they first started saying that, I realized they're telling the truth. When I was on the Elder Valley Committee, we realized the only way to make LA do anything is to sue them. And they don't mind being sued. We won the Lawrence Verver Project by uh, Jerry Gavey, their, their general manager at that time, just said at a water symposium, it's easier for us to litigate than give up the water because they have 30 or 40 lawyers on the 13th and 14th floor of the DWP building on Hope Street. And that's not counting the, the LA City attorneys. Now it's David Edwards. Uh, it used to be Art Waltz, and he was one of the coldest guys I ever met. He just looked at me like a bug, and he wished he could step on me, but it didn't matter to me. This little bug would have tripped him. And I'm still fighting against him. I don't mind. This is my homeland. i got to fight for it. And a lot of the ranchers right now, because they're... They used to have like seven or ten year leases. LA's turned them down to one year leases, so if they complain or anything, they'll take their lease away from them. And then the early 2000s, they uh, cut everybody's leases down. Oh, well, they just gave them an offer. Usually the, uh, the ranch leases were seven to five acre feet. And then they said, well, if you go down to three acre feet, we'll do a better lease on you. And a lot of them chose to, because they got it was just financially better for them to go down to lower water uses. But it, it's slowly killing the valley. It's sad, because even like the Owens Lake, I call it the Owens Drained Lake. It's not the dry lake, it was drained. It's still being drained. And, you know, it made me laugh when all that water, these last uh, couple of months, it rained so much. If one of those rain events was captured, they would have all the water they need for a year. But they got plans on doing it, but not until 2025. And, now they're recycling to 2035, but they put them off so long that basically they probably won't live up to it, but it sounds good. You know, it's making them to live up to things because our long-term water agreement, there was like over 30-something mitigation projects had never been done, never even attempted to do. And if you had to sue them, then it cost you a lot of money and our county won't do it. And they just complain about money. LA's got in your county over a barrel there are a dump issue or trash dump. They were going to take that away from them, threatened them, charge them more money. Our city park and the bishop, that's DWP land, fairgrounds. All of our, our uh, camping sites are all LA DWP leases. They hold it over our heads. And, you know, that's why I call them the evil empire. And they are. No getting around it. And LA DWP is a self-incorporated business owned by the city of Los Angeles, but their business is to get water and power. That's what they do, any way they can. We're just happy it soaks in the ground. Here on the reservation, it's only 876 acres. We have a couple of swamps. We have the Coastal Project down here that we're trying to reinduce the pupfish. But uh, LA DWP got in the way, and the National Fish and Wildlife Service won't release them because L.A. was doing incidental take. But we went through the state of California, got a safe harbors agreement 
to allow uh, ranchers or ourselves, if they got off the reservation, if they accidentally killed them by cleaning their ditches out, that they wouldn't get in trouble. But they won't release them to us yet. And uh, we just had somebody at the BLM pond uh, springs out there where most of the pupfish are. Somebody threw a bass in there and ate almost all of them. And I was just talking to some friends that they, they deal with it very heavily. And he said, there's only three females left in the area and probably about eight or nine males from about a thousand in there. That, that bass just ate the hell out of them. And we were trying to, you know, save them for, because they're, they're part of our heritage. They helped keep feed us and everything else. So it's just sad that, you know, DWP just gets in the way. We know we've been around 15,000 years easy. And people try not to tell us that. They always try to lie to us, try to make you more insignificant. Then I had one archaeologist, I won't mention his name, he's a really famous guy. I went to another conference over in Great Basin, anthropological group conference every two years they have in Salt Lake City. He just straight off told me after the last day, he goes, you know, until about 10 years ago, we were always told to lie to you guys marginalize our, our how long we've been places. You know, there, there's evidence I've always known about, like in the Grand Canyon, at the mouth of the Colorado in Parker, Arizona, they found a 23,000-year-old campfire, radiocarbon and everything. And now they're finding stuff in Tennessee, 40,000, 60,000. They're just kind of trying to say, no, you guys, hey, those are somebody else. Bettinger from Davis, he just tried to say, the old original Owens Valley Pirates, they, they went extinct. His report, it's even got a formula. Some new Indians moved in here, now competing us for food, so the original Owens Valley Pirates, they went extinct. I just said, shit, I'm still here. And then I've had other elders tell me my hillside of my family, Jim Hill down by Fish Springles. Now those are the old, old Indians. Who's to say that we didn't mix? They'd rather just kind of shut us down. And, and a lot of archaeologists, when we find that 22,000-year-old object at China Lake, they try to forget it now. Oh, I can't remember which one that was. A lot of times we didn't have a berm on one side. They revered Mother Earth so much that when they took scoops of dirt out of her, they'd spread it. And so I look at things different than they do. Even when I go out on sites, people always say, God, how do you find so many things? I look at things. I grew up walking around the desert hunting, and I don't know, I, I like to do it. Over the years, I've gotten to know a lot of the LADWP employees. And uh, the current uh, archivist manor, Clarence Martin, he asked me about 2005, they had excess water. I said, spread it. He goes, where to? And I go, South Barlow. Because there's an old canal system that they, there was an 85-acre tribal little res that was one of the main ditches that the DWP wanted because it took 10,000 acre feet to irrigate 85 acres because the ground was so porous. I said, do it. So they've always did it, and they're already uh, spreading that water. McNally ditches they're supposed to do. And then I tried to tell them other ones, well, I don't know if they ever do them, but to spread the water because you've got to lift the groundwater back up. The guys in L.A. don't understand. The local people more understand, but they don't want to 
getting too high because if they gets too high then you have all this new growth and then if they ever have run into another drought or they start cutting off that irrigation to them then they'll die and then it looks bad so they don't want too much growth but they want to spread it we are, our tribe always uses as much as we can and then the big pine tribe it screwed them over the last couple of years wouldn't uh, give them their irrigation water because they're irrigation line was clogged above the reservation they wouldn't allow the tribe to go in and fix it for three years so they collected all that water that wasn't going there and then uh, they just screwed them over until all the tribes went down there myself included and we just went to the LA Water Commission and they just kind of finally gave in and said told them to fix it after this one little kid got up and said you know we jumped on the bus this morning I looked at my yard and it's all dirt and brush I come down here into L.A. and you guys had palm trees, grass, pools, all these other stuff. And those two mothers on the L.A. Water Commission, they, it, that really hit them. And then Christina Nunez, she, she wrote out a check. She gave it to the DWP general manager. He wouldn't take it, but they fixed it next week. And it was nothing for them to fix it. They just wanted to keep the water. So when it was during the drought, it was like $1,400, $1,500 an acre foot. They probably saved, shit, maybe, I don't know how many acre feet, two, three hundred acre feet, that's a lot of money. And that's how LADWP likes to keep the valley. There's only 18,000 people in a whole, all of Inyo County. And Bishop, there's about 10,000 people, we're the biggest populated place. But they don't really release any land, or they're releasing 75 acres, but it's so high priced, nobody wants to buy it. And there's no infrastructure, no water, fires, you know, hydrants and all that stuff, so they just got us under control. It's a monopoly. Well, the monopoly is supposed to be illegal, but they get away with it. They got so much political power.